Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over this past weekend in racing and preview next week. Joining me in the studio, Mr. Gray Warren, Mr. Seth Eggert, Mr. Richard Uden. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Very good, thank you. Doing good. Great, terrific. All right, full slate of racing this weekend. We had uh, NASCAR was up in the Pocono Mountains. Um, Denny Hamlin was the winner there. The Indy cars were in mid-Ohio. Um, Scott Dixon took home the win there. A thrilling race. We'll get to that later. But uh, let's talk about Formula One in Germany. Um, the, mm-hmm. I believe it's the last race before the flyaway or before the uh, before the break. Mm, uh, is, that, is that correct? One more? Oh, okay. Oh. So, but, this weekend. Ah, that, that's true. Uh Interesting podium. Uh, no Mercedes on there. We had Max Verstappen taking home the win, his second of the season. Um, Vettel uh, made the podium. Uh, good drive from Vettel all day long. And uh, Danny Kvyat, the much maligned Danny Kvyat, who was demoted from Red Bull to Toro Rosso a few years ago. Uh, great drive today, or this weekend, rather. Um, interesting race, changing weather conditions, uh, troubles for Mercedes. So, Richard, why don't you take us through it a little bit, because it was really uh, just something out of the norm of what we've been used to seeing out of Formula One. Yeah, no, it, was, it was entertaining. And I just want to start out, actually, quickly to mention that, um, you know, people sort of criticize Formula One and the like, and so, some, a lot of the time it's justifiably, but you look at the last three races we've been to, you know, we've been to uh, the A1 ring or Red Bull ring or whatever you want to call it in Austria. We've been to Silverstone and we've now been back to Hockenheim. Three of the, the classic tracks, and they've all been not showstoppers necessarily, but entertaining, exciting races. So, you know, if people look at what's wrong with Formula One, well, there's your answer. You know, you, you need to go to these classic tracks and, uh, and, and fly by the seat of your pants a little bit rather than these Tilker domes, as they like to be called. But uh, anyway, back onto the race. Yeah, we had um, it all started on. on Friday, really, um, you know, Mercedes were struggling again in the high heat, um, which we've seen in the past at tracks like Austria uh, during practice there and, and the race weekend. Their car is very, very susceptible to cooling issues, and they were, were not fast on Friday. 
the Ferraris of Leclerc and uh, Vettel, and specifically Leclerc, had had Mercedes number uh, for, for a lot of the weekend on Friday. Come Saturday for qualifying, it was cooler, uh, but you'd still expected to see the Ferrari uh, have the edge over uh, Mercedes. And Ferrari, not for the first time this season, pressed that good old self-destruct button. Both Leclerc and Verstappen, um, Vettel had uh, engine issues in qualifying and uh, Leclerc started 10th and uh, Vettel 20th. So it was, um, you know, there for Mercedes, they qualified first and third. Uh, Hamilton on pole with uh, Valtteri in third. Come to the race day and uh, the uh, typical unpredictable European weather kicked in and uh, it was raining. Uh, they had a something for the first time in, in Formula One. They had a safety car start uh, for about four or five laps. Then the safety car peeled off and they went to a standing start configuration, which I thought was a great way of doing it because you know the, stand, the, the the safety car starts, the rolling starts. So yeah, I understand why they do them for safety standpoint, but you know, give the fans what they want to see. You know, they want to see these guys push, and a, a wet start is always uh, always a pretty entertaining way of doing it. Uh, both the uh, both Red Bulls had a very, very poor start on the in the wet there, and they put that down to uh, issues with um, software configuration, which, you know, the clutch bite points and all the settings on these cars are, are very, very sensitive. So it's the first time they'd had a wet start with the Honda engine, and it may be that they just didn't get the numbers right. The calculations were wrong. So Verstappen and Gasly both dropped back a bit after promising qualifying there. And uh, we're running sort of about fourth and fifth or sixth uh, on the uh, by the end of the first lap. Uh, and it was just a case of mixed weather conditions all day and, and drivers making mistakes. Um, you know, notable issues, you know, Leclerc crashed out. Hamilton span uh, early in the race and took his front wing off. So he had to come in for a long pit stop to replace damage. Uh, dropped back in the pack there. Uh, Bottas sort of was running up in the front. Uh, Vettel was charging through. Uh, it was just an action-packed race, and it, uh, probably throughout the whole 65 laps or what it was, whatever it was, there was, whatever given point, there was four or five guys that you were thinking of capable of winning the race, which is exactly how it should be. Um, in the end, um, Bottas made a, a fatal error and crashed out going into turn one. He, he got his rear left on some rain, on, on a wet, damp part of the track. He crashed out, and Max just strolled to victory. Uh, Seb had a great charge through the field. To come home finishing second, and uh, Danny Kvyat, the the much maligned Danny Kvyat, as you quite rightly say, he um, he did the business and uh, and bought it home in uh, in a very very well deserved P3. So give you know, a credit where credit's due there. Uh, staying in that Red Bull camp, Pierre Gasly had another issue. He contact he uh, connected with um, Albon in the Toro Rosso. And that's just mounting pressure on the kid. You know, I feel sorry for him. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk coming out from Red Bull of, oh, we're not going to replace him, we're not going to replace him. Well, when you hear a lot of talk about somebody not being replaced, chances are they're going to be replaced. Yeah, because you wouldn't have to say, we're not going to replace this guy if everybody wasn't exactly. saying, hey, when are you, hey, you going to replace this guy? Yeah. So. But it was a great race, and it's exactly what Formula 1 needed. You know, they had a couple of poor races earlier in the season. You know, I mean, you look at, you know, you look at the last five races we've had, um, and and four of them have been really good. And the one of them that's been poor has been, um, you know, the one that's been carried out on the 
you know, the, the most modif- or modern truck at Paul Ricard, even that's probably the oldest truck or one of the oldest trucks of the lot. It's, uh, you know, it's just, you know, that, that truck's been neutralized compared to what it used to be. And uh, I, I think it's, it's hopefully, and I say this carefully, hopefully, the powers that be are looking at this. And, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about this being the last race at Hockenau and Mercedes actually stepped up this year and put, you know, the hand in the pockets and, and paid or sponsored the race or supported the race through this season. And they said they're not going to do it again. But, you know, sometimes the sport's got to look beyond the sponsors and the big bucks and say, well, look, what's better for the sport? in the long run and to my mind going to places like that um, are are fantastic for the sport and you know I'm not saying we shouldn't be going to places like Vietnam next year but what's that going to bring to the sport potentially new spectators I understand that but that was good that was seriously seriously good and uh, yes yeah you're right and this is three in a row three in a row um, really good races um, unpredictable podiums. Now we've now Max Verstappen has won two out of the last three. Yep. Um, and I don't know. Lewis still has a fairly commanding lead, yeah. uh, but there's a lot of season left. And if uh, you know Mercedes continue to struggle a little bit, where they've had these problems in the higher temperatures and whatnot, uh, or just uh, you know silly mistakes, there's it's not out of the realm of possibility that that Max could kind of claw his way up there a little bit. I, I don't mean, know if he'll be, yeah. be able to really contend for the title, but he uh, could make it a little more interesting. Very true, very true. I think that what is um, – I, I think Hamilton will still win the title, um, but I think what we will see is the likes of um, you know, Red Bull and um, Ferrari sort of picking up wins here and there i think that you'd probably look at ferrari being you'd look at red bull being strong in hungary next weekend or this coming weekend sorry you'd then look at post the summer shutdown you'd look at ferrari being strong at monza and potentially spa where you'd expect red bull to be weak um then you look at some of the flyaway races you've got singapore where you'd expect red bull to be strong um but I still think that Hamilton's going to have enough in the bag. And, and the way it's been going this season, there's enough tr- teams and enough uh, drivers, you know, tripping over themselves that, you know, they've probably already got it in the bag. Uh, oh, certainly, yeah. Disaster. Now, yeah, now this is, I believe, Hamilton's first finish outside the points, although there were some disqualifications for Alfa Romeo a- after the fact that put Hamilton back in the points. Yes. Uh, but this, it's, how long has it been since Hamilton just outside I think the points? It was 22 uh, races. Yeah, it's, it was it's, 22 races. I can't remember which one it would have been the last time. Well, the one where, where the teammates ran into one another? No, that was. Well, that's, that was that's, that's a little farther back, yeah. yeah. I can't remember exactly when it was that he last didn't score, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure it was. It was Germany. It was. Uh, hold on. It wasn't. It German, was a. It was, it was Austria uh, last year. Fuel pressure issue. Oh yes, yes, I remember that now. Yeah. So you know, hey, at the end of the day, he's not doing too bad for himself, is he? Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, super- and at the end of the day, he, you know, he had this the worst weekend of his career or whatever. Dramatic, he claimed. You know, come on, really, Lewis. Oh, although, uh, but he still picked up points on his championship rifle. <laughs> 
Although uh, it was also pretty impressive Max uh, did that spin and win, essentially, because he was on oh, the yes. slick tires. Uh, yeah, he was on was the medium, around, wasn't he? It, like... it was around the same time that uh, Leclerc, Leclerc uh, crashed on slicks, the same yeah. time in which uh, Lewis Hamilton crashed on slicks, because about half the field had decided that it was dry enough for slick tires. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't. The only teams that decided not to switch to slicks were uh, Alfa Romeo and I believe the two Williams cars, but they were all so far back that it really didn't make that much of a difference overall. Uh, no, uh, I mean, it, it was one of those races where no matter when you're on, no matter what tire you're on at what time, it's the wrong tire. You know, it was so up and down and and, uh, and the like, that you're never going to be on the right tire at the right time. Um, so Yeah, those and those are some of my favorite races. If I think of all the races I've watched over the years where, where you've got the, the wet and dry conditions, especially some of these longer Formula 1 tracks where maybe yeah. half the track is it's raining and the other half of the track is dry. And look back to when we then, 2000 when Barrichello won at Hockenheim. Yeah. You know, the only part of the circuit that was wet was the start-finish, you know, the complex at the start-finish, and he stayed out on slicks when everybody else pitted, and they all burnt up their slicks on the long drag, you know, around the old uh, forest. And, uh, yeah, yeah he, he did the number there. But, yeah, and, you know, we're going there in a, in a well, a few races. It'll be about months or so, uh, six weeks. But to Spa, which is another prime example, I mean, that place can be snowing in one end of the track and, you know, tropical... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know conditions at the other end of the track. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, maybe not quite that extreme, but yes, there are. Yeah, Spa can certainly, uh, yeah, certainly have some, some serious changes. But let's let's talk about the um, Alpha Romeo penalty for a moment. Yes, uh, because that that kind of jumbled things up there uh, after the fact. It actually uh, gave, gave Kubica his first points yeah. of the year. Now I believe George Russell is the only Correct. driver in the field to have not scored a point this year. But um, so the they said there was some driver aid or computer aid with the release of the clutch. Yeah, there's a clutch. If I'm understanding this, and, yeah. and it's just it's a matter of milliseconds, right? Yeah, they had the yeah. clutch engaged for, uh, what, what, you know, 300 yeah. milliseconds when it should only have been 70 milliseconds. I mean, it's it's a it's a software setting within the um, within the car that's designed to. Um, not aid the driver start because that's the wrong phrase to use, really. But uh, you know, make the start more reliable, should we say? Let's pick a political uh, answer to use there. And they have a, a set of boundaries that they can work to and that they can, um, you know, design within. And they just got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, lovely, my. I guess my question is: that I was reading up uh, on this regulation, and they said that should have been a, a pass through, pass through the pits penalty. What? Although they they didn't identify the penalty until after the race. Exactly. Although so they they were, I, I guess they were in, investigating it right then, so they decided that a pass through penalty would have cost them about thirty seconds on the track. So they both got a thirty second infraction, which which took them both out of the points after having a pretty good day for the Alpha guys. Yeah, They've been pretty strong, haven't they, those guys? You know, Kimi had a great qualifying session. I think he qualified fifth or something and was running up there for, for most of the race. So you 
yes, you you know, there's the, the rules and there's regulations and that you've got to adhere to them. I don't think anybody's questioning that. But it's a shame, really, that it came to that. I mean, it's obviously great for, for the Williams guys and for, for um, you know, that team to, to pick up a point. Um, hopefully, they've got some sponsorship money set into a contract there that means they actually benefit from it. But, um, yeah, it, it was just a little bit, a little bit messy again. It's almost, you know, it's almost like someone wants shooting themselves in the foot again with with silly little things like this. It's like, you know, come on, guys, just let's just do this properly. Um, yeah, it's almost like the the pit box infraction. Yeah, it's almost which, like which, you which know, they, they, they give the guy the and all that yeah. Crap. It's like, oh, come on, guys. Just, oh, yeah, let's just have a set of rules that says well that people can understand and people can see. Um. But these cars are so complicated; that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's honestly this is this is an infraction that's just totally unbeknownst to the the casual fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, they would never notice a performance difference at all with, no, with uh, some I mean, of these they, penalties. So, in all fairness, you know, you do watch it, and the Sauber's had a pretty good start, so there was certainly something in it. But it's 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 quantifying that; it, it's making that a real thing, and uh, you know, sometimes they just I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah, it sort of leaves a nasty taste in the mouth. But uh, you know, they'll bounce back. Certainly, they'll, yeah. They'll they'll come back, and you know, these, those guys. When you consider where Sauber were two or three years ago, I mean, really at the back of the pack. Um, you know, they've got to be given a huge amount of credit. And uh, you know, I got I got some uh, you know former colleagues that work there, and uh, they're a really good. You know, it's a shame that them and you know they've. They were there, but they say they bounced back, and you know you hope Williams can do the same because guys like Sauber and uh, Peter Sauber and Frank Williams there, they're the bread and butter of, of what racing's all about, and uh, you know they deserve to be there. Certainly. So let's talk about Honda briefly uh, and their little tweet. I don't know if you, you saw this I one, or if you if you GP recall the GP2, yeah, because there was Alonso was so yeah. frustrated with the car a few years ago, he kept saying this is like a GP2 engine. Yeah. So uh, so when Honda tweets out the you know that Max Verstappen have won two GPs in a row, they accidentally reverse it and say GP2. <laughs> um, just a just a little little stab there oh, uh, at, at, at Alonso, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, Supposedly, supposedly, but uh, you know, again, and speaking of McLaren, they've got their uh, name in the news again um, in regards to an IndyCar program, which would be a nice segue to our IndyCar segment. But uh, uh, the, the word on the street now is that they're in talks with uh, Sam Schmidt Motorsports of uh, the Arrow team, the Arrows team, rather. Um, and uh, you know, Schmidt has confirmed they've been talking um, again. The stumbling block here again is going to be Honda. Uh, if this happens, but I said they're interested in Colton Herta. Um, McLaren's interested in a partnership. Uh, we don't know if this is going to be uh, McLaren having a, a car of their own or a two-car team of their own with maybe some input from Schmidt, or if this is going to be McLaren buying into the Schmidt team. It's it's It all seems quite far-fetched to me, uh, but everybody has pretty much been open with the fact that they're talking. So we'll, we'll have to see how all that plays I mean, out because I can't see... To. Uh, Penske. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, Get on the phone. AJ Foyt, the phone. AJ Foyt Racing they haven't talked to, so. 
<laughs> or they may have Foyt could use the help lord knows but yeah, uh, yeah so we'll, we'll just we'll just have to see what's going on there i mean again we talked about it last week alexander rossi has a uh, all the rumors aside, he'll be staying with Andretti. That was anticlimactic. Um, if you ever seen one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I a lot of us kind of felt that way all along. But I, I, in a contract year, you've got to you've got to look at what's out there. I've seen, oh, you know, yeah, seen the sure. same you've thing. You've got to, you know, you've got to make your worth, haven't you? Certainly, certainly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, if you go to Michael and say, you know, uh, Rogers been talking to me or rogers looking looking at talking to me uh, mikey might come up with a little more money uh, than he would have uh, otherwise so but uh, anyway the long and short of the rossi contract most of the details are out now is that um they had uh talk with penske and penske said that it would be in a fourth car um and i guess rossi and his folks were not interested in being the fourth car um so uh, that kind of stalled all the talks there. Again, there was an offer from uh, Schmidt-Peterson, um, which uh, with Andretti offering somewhat close to the same money, Rossi went with the comfortable situation. It's a team that he is, is bringing him success. It's a team that he feels comfortable with. Uh, it's a team where he's you know become part of the family after being there since 2016, gets along well with his um, engineers, gets along well with his teammates. So, uh, I mean, why why – why rock the boat? Why shake it up? So, right. but before we so get fully, quick full, on that. Before, um, I remember you know, sure. you mentioned on this show recently that the uh, Napa deal was the lowest income of the uh, Andretti stable. You know, does anybody know if that's changed? Are they bringing any more money to the table? Or uh, just... na- I don't. I, uh, Napa's staying on board. I don't know yeah, if they're know uh, bringing more money on board. Be... Yeah, but they're they're, they're also yeah. bringing another sponsor on board. The Auto Nation is coming on board as well, uh, and then some folks thought that that might negatively impact um, the uh, Michael Shank Racing program with Jack Harvey. But they've also reassured that they are still supporting uh, Jack Harvey and the Michael Shank program uh, with thoughts of taking that from a part-time program to a full-time program. So, uh, you know, I know Napa doesn't bring as much to the table as, say, Zach Veach's sponsor being Gainbridge and 1001 Group or um, the DHL, but I think that uh, Napa is bringing a little more um, next season than this, uh, but uh, but the addition of Auto Trader and, of course, with continued support from Honda uh, makes it a pretty pretty nice deal for Alexander, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, he's he getting paid more than me, I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> but before we move fully on to but talking about the IndyCar race. You know, I mean, you put you two side by I, side, I mean, it's a... Uh... I feel like you the guy is a solid talent. Did you see what happened to Simon when he was the fourth no, car? <laughs> you know, he he had a miserable season, and the next year he won the championship. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think Penske operates better as a three car organization because the the times they have expanded to four cars, they have always had one that has faltered. Yeah. Um. Andretti team, uh, they they run four cars consistently, but they they don't seem to keep four cars near the front. No, uh, they I mean they used to. I mean there was a time back you know 2004 2005 when all four of their guys won races, but now now it's more like there's two strong ones and two backup guys. Mm-hmm. Same thing uh, with Ganassi. Ganassi had four cars for a while. Um, I mean the best they did was in 2013 when Kimball won a race and had a couple podiums, and then they had Scott and Dario both uh, both winning races there. Uh, the fourth car has always been junk, and now 
lately the second car at Ganassi has been junk uh, until this year, which we'll get into talking about. But uh, I just want to quickly make picks for Hungary before we move on to talking about the IndyCar race. So, so Seth, who do you like for Hungary? For Hungary, uh, let's go with Verstappen. Yes, he is on a roll. And Gray, who do, who do you uh, like for this race of the Hungara Ring? Mercedes and Lewis rebound. Certainly, certainly no reason to think they won't. And uh, Richard? Leclerc. Leclerc. So that leaves me, I could go with Vettel or I could go with um, Valtteri. Gasly? Um, I could go with Gasly, yeah. Or I could go with Danny Kvyat. <laughs> you know, I think it's a, a stretch to a stretch, a stretch to go with those guys. So I'm going to go with Vettel because honestly, as much heat as as the guy has taken this year, his drive on Sunday was brilliant from from the back to the front and and very mistake free. Um, you know, so I'm going to I'm going to go with Vettel. And uh, one other thing coming out of the Formula One race this past weekend, uh, uh, Red Bull reset the record for the world's fastest pit stop oh, yeah. 1.88 seconds so. yeah that was pretty impressive again they've, uh, they've, they've got it the last two or three races now aren't they it's up to uh, some of those guys to sort of catch up there um, they must have like a, you know a game going to see who can give Gunter Steiner a heart attack quickest as you were saying uh, Haas just struggling in general it's a weekly thing yeah, although I mean, but when, you, when you're struggling which happens. Every team struggles out there, you know. You need two guys that are going to bring home, the, you know, at least get the thing to the end of the race. I mean, as I say, these guys, they, you know, Grosjean and Magnussen, they must have shares in blood pressure medication because Gunter Steiner must be popping the pills like there's no tomorrow. Well, um, well to be <laughs> fair, uh, some of their struggles this past week were self-induced because they uh, attempted to split the strategy and leave Magnuson out on the full wets instead of switching him to the intermediates. Uh, it did put him in the lead at least for a lap or two. Otherwise, he dropped like a rock, and by the time they called him the pit road, he had fallen all the way back to about sixth or seventh, and he was mired in the back after that the rest of the race. He was never able to make it up. So part of it was also them shooting themselves in the foot as a team, not just the drivers. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, you look at them on the couple of laps to go, they were driving into each other. I mean, it's like, I just, I mean, they're both, they're both what I would call, and this isn't being B-list drivers, maybe B and a half. You know, that they're, they're not going to win a championship. Check, check plus. Yeah, you know, they're not going to win a championship unless they look into a seat or they look into a team that, find some magic out there but there's and they're not selling themselves you know if they're if they're looking at you know potentially saying oh you know if we have a good couple of seasons with Haas we could maybe pick up a drive at a you know almost like a Bottas has done or you know somebody looked into a top seat uh yeah that ain't happening guys sorry <laughs> no and and the funny thing is they continue to run into one another oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's there's eight there's eighteen other cars you can run into other than your teammate. Once again, so. once again, I'll say if it wasn't for that attempt at a split strategy at the beginning of the race, they would have been, uh, Magnuson would have been up front at least, 
and Grosjean would have been in the back, and they would have been nowhere near each other all race to be yeah. able to hit each other. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's yeah, I know, I know. Between stuff. between the strategy, between the strategy, the driver's problems, and the whole thing with rich rich energy, uh, I mean, the, the the Haas team is having a 2019 that they like to forget. So, but uh, but let, let, let's move on and talk about the IndyCar race in Mid Ohio. Uh, you, you know, the knock on road course racing for Indy cars is that it's processional. There's no passing. Um, it's boring. The margin of victory is like, you know, 25, 30 seconds. The, the cars are strung out. Um, so we saw none of that um, in mid-Ohio. We, um, Will, Will Power started from pole. Um, Rossi was uh, up there next to him. Uh, both those guys started on the red tires. Now, for you folks who don't watch a lot of Indy car racing, there's two tires. The red tire uh, is a softer compound that is faster, but it's also prone to wearing out quicker. And then the black tire is a harder compound with that produces slower lap times, but the degradation is much less, and the tire will last longer. The Indy car rules on a road course: you have to run at least one of your stints on the reds. Or, or, or as they call them, the alternate tires. So these guys started on the Reds and had a had a pretty good um, pretty good run. Um, Rossi and Power were both trying to do a two stop strategy, uh, which probably would have worked better if they had started on blacks and saved the Reds for the middle run, uh, because by the time they're, cause they're trying to stretch out that first run, the tires had gone off and they were pretty much eaten alive by a couple cars behind them, namely uh, Mr. Felix Rosenqvist, who had a very great day uh, and was able to put himself in the lead. In the meantime, uh, Scott Dixon, who uh, can never be counted out in mid-Ohio um, and can never be counted anyway, out anywhere yeah. uh, anywhere in the IndyCar series, um, was having a pretty solid race of his own. Um, you know, Dixon's made a couple uh, mistakes or had a couple of uh, unfortunate um, incidences over the last couple races, a few this year, um, but uh, pretty much picture-perfect day at Mid-Ohio there. He ran his second stint on the Reds, opting for the uh, three-stop strategy, um, and he was able to, to stretch those Reds out longer um, than a lot of other folks uh, without the without the drop-off in the lap times. But then again, uh, this is Dixon, and this is how he drives. He, he, can, he can take care of a car. He can save the tires. He can save the fuel and still lead the race at the same time. And this is why he's got so many wins and so many championships. This is why he's probably one of the best to ever drive an IndyCar. Uh, so he makes the curious decision to do his final stint on scuffed reds. Now, I'm thinking, how would you do your, your final stint on not only reds, but scuffed reds? Uh, because, and I was thinking, I said, well, he made those reds last longer than everybody else and stayed out front. Maybe he's pretty sure he'll have uh, enough of a lead uh, that, that no one will be able to catch him. But, uh, you know, sure enough, with about, you know, 10, 11 laps to go, Dixon's lap times fall off dramatically. And he's got guys behind him, his teammate, Rosenqvist, um, Ryan hunter Ray from the Andretti team, are pretty much reeling him in uh, at, at the rate of their two seconds a lap faster than him. So Dixon's saving grace was the the pile of lapped cars in between him and uh, 
Rosenqvist in second place. And these lap cars caught up to Dixon. And so pretty much Dixon has packed up the field now. He's he's holding everyone. He's holding these lap guys back. And they're trying to be careful. They're all fighting for position. And you've got a couple wild cars in there like Takuma Sato who's trying to peel through the traffic and, and try to make a move on Dixon. You know, in this situation, you got to be careful. Yeah, yes, you're entitled to get your lap back, but you don't want to be the, the lap car that takes the leader out. This is Sato we're talking so. about. He probably... This is Sato. We're telling you, he was there. He was the one making the most aggressive moves there. But, uh, uh, but you know, but Felix and and Hunter Ray were able to eventually get through that traffic by the final lap. And in in fourth place is uh, Joseph Newgarden, and all these guys are just packed up. Everybody's nose to tail now. Um, that Felix Rosenqvist, you would think, be a Dixon's teammate. Uh, Dixon in you know with a shot at the championship. Uh, would, would hold station to stay right there in second place. But, uh, you know, Ganassi doesn't have team orders. The order comes over the radio to Felix. He's, Felix got better tires, uh, running better lap times, they say. Uh, you know, it, remember, it is your teammate, so you pass him, make it clean. Um, so he did He did attempt uh, a pass on Dixon. It wasn't Dixon was it? Yeah, no, well, I mean, D- Dixon gave him a little nudge. Yeah. You know, Dixon gave him a little nudge back uh, into the grass there and said, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to hold on to this for a few more turns. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Joseph Newgarden, who's running in fourth, um, smells the podium. He tries to tries to make a very um, aggressive move on Ryan Hunter Ray. Uh, Newgarden ends up in the in the dirt there, drops from fourth place uh, as, and stuck in the gravel as everyone goes by. Uh, so Dixon was looking to be 80-some points ahead or behind, ends up 62 points behind after Newgarden uh, kind of doesn't make it to the finish. Uh, Alexander Rossi was looking to being some 30 points behind Newgarden, ends up just, I believe that he's just 17 16. points back, 16 points back from Newgarden now. That, that last little move uh, where Newgarden was looking to pick up a podium really cost him a lot at the end, but uh, but you know credit to Dixon, credit to Felix Rosenqvist um, for having a great drive. Credit to Ryan Hunter Ray had a great drive too. But um, so this is the first one-two finish for the Chip Ganassi team since Seth. Do you know when? For IndyCar, no. No. Okay. Well, it's the first one-two finish for Ganassi since Texas 2015. So it's been it's been over four years since those guys have. Uh, had two cars uh, on the you know first and second so uh, but but really tightened up the points really um, really exciting race there at the end you know at the end of the day um, Rosenqvist and Dixon were pretty much side by side crossing the finish line so you can't you for your money you can't ask for a whole lot more than you got out of that uh, mid Ohio race there I, I mean from you know for for the excitement and the the championship going back and forth the 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 different strategies playing out um you know so because it looked for oh, for a while like you know power and rossi were going to be the be the ones to beat then it was Rosenquist then it was you know suddenly Dixon coming into the picture so uh, i don't i don't know what more you could ask for, but that was a a very entertaining race to watch and it and the race was held on my birthday and i had the day off, got to watch the race, so I was a pretty, you know, happy birthday to me. <laughs> so. about you, Frank. All about you. <laughs> no, it's about Dixon, evidently. So. <laughs> so, one more win for Dixon. So, um, now, Richard, did you get a chance to, to see any of this IndyCar uh, race? Did, yeah, it was it was great, wasn't it? It was uh, it was fun. You know, it was entertaining, and uh, you know, I, I saw towards the end there, you know, flipping back and forth between that and the. Uh, 
the NASCAR race, which unfortunately was on at exactly the same time. It'd be interesting to see the, um, you know, the viewer figures between those two races because they don't often go head to head. the the IndyCar drew a point six, um, which is pretty good for IndyCar, but they were on NBC proper, and then of course NASCAR was on NBC Sports, right. uh, which is in, yeah. in it's in fewer households. Uh, but I don't I don't know what the numbers coming out for NASCAR were, but but a point six. Uh, for IndyCar is a, a pretty good yeah. number. It's up from a point one. It's a point one last year when it was well, on CNBC. CNBC, yeah. It was a point one on CNBC last year. Then when it was on NBCSN, the tape delayed version uh, it was a point four. Right. So this year is a point six. Is you know double yeah, that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's more, more more than both of those. Okay. So they you know that's. Everybody's- Pretty average, pretty average number for a NASCAR race there. Yep, so. Yeah. But uh... yeah. no, I, I thought that you know that that battle at the end though, when um, you know as we discussed really, um, Rosenquist coming up on um, Dixon. Oh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. That, that I think Dixon would have been having a few words with him post race, saying, "Hey, look, I know I know the team said do whatever you like, but yeah." No, don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Actually, Dixon had a high marks for his team and after the race, but that's of course Dixon did win. Exactly. Like I say, had it yeah. had it gone had it gone otherwise, it might have might have been that, differently. It was, but it, it looks like uh, looks like they looks like they both really enjoyed really but, enjoyed the battle. You know, so, and, and, but the other huge thing, as you mentioned, also was was New um, Garden's move at the end there. That was not smart. That was not. I mean, I don't, he probably lost, lost. I don't know the number. Twenty points, twenty-five points. Uh, uh, easily, you yeah. Know, that that was a for a, a champion. You know, for a past champion and somebody that you know is a, probably the favorite to win the title this year. Yeah, no, no, that wasn't a good move. Yeah, fourth fourth place would have, you know, kept him in the championship lead with with a nice cushion over Ross. He would have finished. You know, he ended up finishing behind Ross instead of ahead yeah. of him. See, he was, is, uh, if he was trying to pass Rossi, uh, I, I can make sense out of that, right, yeah. to, to be ahead of Rossi, who's his closest rival. But Rossi was behind him. So his little move trying to get around Hunter Ray, uh, you know, allowed Rossi to finish several spots ahead of him. So, uh, you know, he's probably, um, you know, had a nice debrief with his, uh, en- you know, his engineers and Tim Sindrick and uh, all those folks. And they, you know, probably talked to him. Yeah. <laughs> At length, he, he's probably beat himself up over it. So, you probably don't need to talk to him. You know, he's like, yeah, you screwed up. Yep, yep. So, so IndyCar's off for a couple weeks. Uh, Pocono's uh, coming up next. Uh, Pocono uh, again is uh, in the discussion of uh, will it be back next year? Will it not? I mean, there's a lot of discussion about Richmond uh, being added to the schedule. Um, and it may be a replacement for Pocono. Uh, you're, so you're taking one of the longest oval tracks on the schedule to replace it with the, the shortest oval track. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, the series could benefit from having both races on there. Um, there, there are a few folks that think uh, they, they just have bad memories of Pocono. You know, Pocono is where we lost Justin Wilson, yeah. and Pocono was also – uh, where Robert Wickens was injured last year, but but again, you know, those the circumstances of both those crashes could have played out at any high speed track in the world. Yep. 
You know, and, and it's it's not just because they both happened to Pocono doesn't mean that Pocono was unsafe. It doesn't mean that Pocono was cursed. Uh, at the end of the day, Pocono was a track that was built specifically for open wheel race cars, um, and I think it belongs in the schedule because it's just it's one of the most interesting tracks and the, one of the most unique tracks uh, in the world um, with the three different turns. And you know, like Rick Mears used to always say, you can never set up your car perfectly for Pocono. You can set up for you can get your car set up pretty well for for two of the three turns and the third turn. Keep your foot on the gas and hold your breath. You know, so, but uh, I'm looking forward to Pocono in a couple weeks, and I hope it stays on the schedule, although that's all going to play out uh, in the in the offseason the next couple weeks, so. But we did have a NASCAR race at Pocono, speaking of which, um, and Pocono is, uh, has had two NASCAR days traditionally, uh, both in the summer, generally one, you know, one June, one July. Uh, next year, Pocono is going to have still two races, but they're going to be on the same weekend, and the guys, they've released some of the details about how that um, doubleheader is going to uh, be staged and play out. So, Gray or Seth, would one of you care to fill us in? Well, the ARCA race will be on Thursday. Uh, that will be a 100-mile race, which is typical for ARCA at Pocono. Uh, then on Saturday, we will have the NASCAR Gander, Out- Gander Outdoors Truck Series with a 220-mile race followed by a 350-mile cup race. On Sunday, we will have a 250-mile Xfinity race, followed by another 350-mile cup race. The second cup race, the field will be gridded by an invert of the finishing order from Saturday. So it's almost like it's almost like a Saturday night dirt track gimmick. Or a or an all star race gimmick invert the field. I it's like it. I like it a lot. Field. Is it like top ten or something? Uh, no, it's if you finish on the lead lap, that's all inverted. Okay, lead lap. So, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. So oh, okay, say you're twentieth uh, last car on the lead lap, you're now starting on the pole. Then everybody else who's not on the lead lap, they're also inverted, but behind everybody else. Geez, so you're gonna see. I'm trying to figure out is there is there a benefit to 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 dropping off the lead lap at the end of the race, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what I mean? So, well, not uh, for you know, or, or trying if you try to try to get back on that lead lap, try now, to get back on that lead now, lap so you start at the front. Teams so. will also be using the same pit stall for both races to avoid a confusion and b it saves teams time and money from having to move it from one stall, break everything down move to another one, set everything back up. Uh, also, yeah, that, well, that just makes sense. Also, yeah. cars from Saturday will be used on Sunday. They will be impounded following the Saturday race. Teams have the option of using the same engine in both races. They are not required to. Uh, however, if you have to go to a backup car, uh, due to, say, a wreck in the first race, you will start from the rear of the field on Sunday. Okay. All right. So you, you can, if you damage that car pretty good in race one, you're not having to rebuild that car overnight. You do have an option for back and you'll just start at the back. Okay. Otherwise, it should be an interesting weekend. I know Pocono is already selling ticket packages uh, and camping packages for all five races uh, as a bundle. 
And my understanding is that they are already getting about the same, if not more, than they typically get from the June race, which is their bigger race, typically, for NASCAR. And, and what's the date of the race next year? Is it is it, is it is the July date? Uh, I believe it's the June date. Okay, so it's earlier, yeah. Right, which all which all seems like that Pocono would want to keep the Indy cars there because they're essentially losing a race weekend it, out of out of it, the deal. It is the June know. day, uh, June twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Yeah, I mean, all right, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch next year. Yeah, yeah, you would think they would they would still clamor to get that uh, Indy car date because, uh, I mean, like you said, they're going to lose a weekend's revenue and. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, you you wonder how that's gonna how that's gonna work and how what kind of the, the ticket prices and all are gonna be for that uh, for that double header. Whether people will either you know choose to come one day or both days. So it's that that all remains up in the air, I guess. Yeah, Seth, did you happen to see any of the ticket I pricing? Have not seen I, any I know the you... pricing. I just know uh, you. You would imagine they'd they'd make a pretty sweet deal to to buy a bundle for the all, all three days. I just days. know that they've already started uh, promoting it and selling tickets. I don't know what the prices are. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at it right now. They're still advertising for uh, this past weekend, so that's not going to help. No, that's not going to help. So, so now, Seth, while you look that up, Gray, let's talk about the race that we just had at Pocono. Uh, Denny Hamlin came home victorious uh, again. It's a uh, Pocono's attractive suits Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin style. He's had a, a couple of wins there over the years. This is Denny's third win uh, this year after going winless last year. So uh, things are things are looking looking pretty good for Denny. Huh? Yeah, and, and you know, this race came down to fuel mileage and and track position. And uh, the way the way it uh, just figured out, you know, Pocono is kind of a weird track when the cars uh, get out there and they and they space out. They sort of run in station. All the cars run run pretty close to the same speed. So they kind of track position is, is very critical there. Uh, and, of course, after the after the last uh, restart there, Denny Denny got out front and, uh, you know, was able to uh, stretch his fuel. And uh, and win the race, and it, it came down to uh, everybody. It came down to, to strategy there, with a lot of teams uh, choosing to save fuel and hope uh, hope uh, other cars ran out or have a little bit there at the end to to make a charge. I think uh, Kevin Harvick uh, he had a he had a shot there. Just uh, you know maybe waited a little bit too late to make his run to to try to get back up through the field there to, to uh, overtake. Uh, overtake Denny but uh yeah uh I was kind of hoping it would be a late uh another late race caution or something that uh that would kind of bring guys to pit road and we'd see kind of a shootout there at the end but uh that that didn't happen and of course when we did get a caution uh 
guys because track position being so critical they chose to stay out on the track and and try to stretch their fuel there was a few that had to come to pit road and get fuel and and, and probably a couple that ran out there near during the uh, later laps it would have been interesting to see had there been another late race caution and and they got essentially two green white checkers to see what happened because uh, a lot of those cars were really running at the at the very limit of their fuel supply at the One end. of yeah, yeah. I want to say I think Denny Denny ran out of fuel on his cool down lap. No, Denny had enough fuel to do or, uh, some do donuts. Burnout, yeah. It was after he did his oh, okay. He ran out of fuel. That must uh, have been some. Okay, Kyle yeah, Pitt, I, yeah. Uh, I did. Was one of the ones that had to come down and pit because he was on a different strategy than his uh, three Joe Gibbs Racing teammates who finished one, two, three. Uh, that being said, this was Hamlin's first win since that. Uh, Pocono anyway, since they repaved the track back in 2012. Uh, one of the things he credited for the win was the the PJ1 that was put down, the traction compound, because his previous wins were when you could actually have multiple lanes in the turns. Once it, it was repaved, it was a single group track and you couldn't pass. Right, and we've we've seen that same phenomenon on a lot of tracks that have been repaved. You know, obviously, like the sweet spot for a track is between you know, five years old and, and twelve years yeah, old, you know, and, uh, and where, the, where you've got a lot of a lot of nice wear on the track, but not so. Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Greg. Well, I was going to say the PJ one got a lot of rave reviews from some of the guys. They just wish they had used more of it. You know, in in, in certain areas that to to give them a little bit more bite. But uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, I think the guys, I think going to that it does try to, it in some cases, enhances uh, passing at some of these tracks. And uh, I think you'll continue to see uh, see see tracks use it, particularly the uh, SMI tracks, which have, have used it at, at just about all their facilities other than uh, uh, Sonoma. It, Pocono isn't an SMI track, but they actually You're have right. SMI officials come to the right. track to put it down there. Yeah. Which Mattioli is, family still oh. still owns uh still owns uh, uh thing. But yeah, but they had probably seen what it what it did because SMI has used it just about every at all their tracks, like you say, other than uh other than Sonoma. But uh yeah I think Yeah, so let, let me let, let me ask you a quick question about the PJ one because uh, because I haven't heard this entered a discussion a lot, but this what's the effect of that compound on um, the it tires, makes, does it does it does it does it cause the tires to wear faster or last longer, or is it really no effect I, on the tires at all? I I want to say they wear slightly faster, and the only reason why I'm saying that, uh, drivers have essentially described the PJ1 as almost like a glue that's causing more grip, which yes, over tack time tackier, which over time it's going to wear the tires slightly faster. Whether or not it's really having that much of an effect on the tire wear, I don't know. I do know the one race uh, SMI chose not to put it down for NASCAR was the truck race at Texas, the second truck race, because it was paired up with IndyCar, and they were afraid that it would affect the IndyCar tires too much. Well, you get it. it, it, it the, tracker te- the track takes rubber faster too when you when you've got that compound down too so that makes a makes for you know you can you can spread out the groove by the track taking new multiple lanes of rubber and that's where you get your grip from okay i just yeah i just wanted to ask that because i really hadn't heard 
much on that. So, um, so what else? What else do we have coming out of Pocono? Well, or or the, the Xfinity. Well, the X- Xfinity was in the, Ohio on a standalone weekend Xfinity as well. Xfinity was in Iowa. Truck. Iowa, yeah. No, I knew it was one of those states with valves. Trucks were also in Pocono uh, for the truck series. Ross Chastain dominated there. He led 54 of the 60 laps. There isn't much else to say about that. Uh, it's his second win as a truck series uh, points driver. He's the only uh, driver in the truck playoffs as of right now with two or more wins. Uh, some people say that makes him the favorite. However, he still doesn't have sponsorship for a lot of the races coming up, so that's questionable. Tyler Ankrum, coming off of his win, uh, finished second, and that was his first race at Pocono. Otherwise, Pocono uh, for the Truck Series, there was a turn one, lap one wreck that took out Stuart Friesen, as well as Anthony Alfredo. It involved several others, including Natalie Decker, uh uh, Christian Eakes, Ben Rhodes, uh, most of them got away with little damage. Stuart Friesen ended up totaled his truck, totaled Anthony Alfredo's truck. Uh, they were done for the day before the race even started. Mm. Yeah, uh, and, and of course, the truck series move on this week to probably one of their crown jewels, the dirt race at uh, Eldora, which will be uh, tomorrow night. That is correct. Yeah, that yeah. That's correct. Uh, there are 30 trees, which means it's already a full field. No one's going home, uh, which I believe is a first for Eldora since it was added to the schedule back in 2013. Uh, otherwise, there are several dirt specialists entered. Uh, Kyle Strickler is in the DJR Crosley 54 truck. Uh for example, uh, Colt Gilliam is in the Nemco number eight truck. It should be an interesting race, to say the least. Uh, before we move on to next week, though, I do want to mention about the Xfinity series. Uh, but real quick, while we're talking about Eldora, uh, where is that going to be broadcast on TV? Is that on? Because uh, I remember like a couple of years ago it was on MAV TV, which no, it, get, it get, on, a, get a lot of eyes. Never been on MAV TV. Uh, a couple years ago it was on Fox Business. And that, oh, okay, but it's going to be on like Fox Sports Fox One this Sports year. One. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good network. Yeah. So, all right. So the Iowa Xfinity. Uh, it was Christopher Bell's race to lose, and he lost it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two hundred thirty-four laps led. Uh, it came down to Chase Briscoe on fresher tires, running him down, uh, passing him with seven laps to go, and going on to his first win of the season. Uh, Christopher Bell. Again, it was a case of he was one of the quote-unquote big three drivers having a dominant day, and was it looked like he was going to run away with it until a late caution for fluid with about 20 laps to go, 30 laps to go, which also brought about one of the more strange events. Uh, they had sweeper trucks on track along with a safety truck uh, behind them, uh, to sweep up the fluid and the speedy drive. NASCAR opened pit road trying to do a quickie caution or a quick caution. Uh, radioed to teams that uh, there was a sweeper truck and a safety truck on the bottom of the track at pit entrance to warn the drivers. Several drivers are warned. Dylan Bassett, after passing one safety truck and one sweeper truck, which he was told about, 
made the hard left hand turn to go down pit road and rear-ended the second sweeper truck. Craig Golding, who was behind him, had to swerve and almost spun out to avoid hitting the sweeper truck and Dylan Bassett. NASCAR. That's a mess. NASCAR, <laughs> NASCAR admitted that there was a lack of communication for the team and a lack of communication on their part. So they took some blame, but not the full blame. Uh, there. Now, do they do, do they close the pits in those instances when they have the sweepers typically, on the track? Or? Typically, if they're at pit I, entrance or pit exit, pit road is closed for whatever reason. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I would think. Yeah, so that it seems like like something. There was a, a, a couple of things that went wrong. For whatever reason, they decided to open pit road, thinking that they could uh, get it back to green sooner. And in their explanation, Ascar said that they try to give the fans as much green flag racing as possible, which to me is essentially code for we tried to rush it. Uh, yeah. There was yeah, a, so. another strange incident earlier in the race, about 40 laps prior to this, on a restart, Cole Custer had started in the rear because he ran over equipment and had a uh, pass-through penalty, or well, since it was under yellow, it was to the tail end along its line. Uh, on the restart going into turn three, here he turned the car to the left, the car turned the right, and into the outside wall. Uh, he couldn't even explain what happened. He, he knew something broke on the car. It wasn't a tire. Something in the steering had to broke because the car went the complete opposite direction he turned. That's got to be scary for the guy behind the wheel. You know? Just, and, <laughs> and somehow he was in the middle of the field too, and did not get hit by anybody else. That's yeah. That's uh, uh, somebody was watching out uh, for him. All right, so who so who who won now? Chase Briscoe, his teammate. All right, good for Chase. So we've just got a few minutes left. Um, now, Gray, uh, we are off to Watkins Glen next week, and that's that's one of my favorite tracks. And I always love how you explain um, how how the Cup teams. Uh, work out their uh, road racing strategy. So uh, let's just, I, I just want you to, you know, uh, at, at the risk of re- repeating yourself from every year we go to Watkins Glen, I just, I just really like the way you explain it, but just give us, give us a quick preview of, uh, of Watkins Glen and then, and then um, make your pick and then we'll go around and give everybody else. Well, a pick. for the last several years, Watkins Glen has been arguably the best race uh, of the season. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, they'll, they've had huge crowds there, uh, uh, it, and, and no need to think that it won't be as good a race as as, uh, as we've seen grown accustomed to over the last several years there. Um, typically, it's uh, it's a super speedway of road courses, really, really fast track uh, up there. Uh, cars carry a lot of speed around that course. Um and uh, it bodes well for, for, for a lot of races, a lot of passing opportunities on that track. And uh, you'll see, uh, you usually see a really, really good race. And, and to, to amplify what you were talking about, teams will typically, and, and this goes for all the road races, they'll typically run, this, run, the, run the race backwards for their fuel windows. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll start calculating from the last lap back and, and, and pit with, pit in windows to to be there at the end so at the end of the race they're within their window and they they've uh 
they've kept their track position or gained track position there at the end of the race. So just typically that's how they'll do it there. Uh, but uh, it's been it's been t- some terrific racing up there for really the last decade. We've seen some terrific finishes and some terrific late race uh, uh, races between several cars there. Uh, I look I look forward to this race every year. I think it's gonna gonna be a good one. Oh, it's one of my favorites as well. So, so Gray, who do you like? Who do you like for winter to Glenn this year? Gosh, it, I mean, last year was Chase Elliott, yeah, correct? Yeah, Chase Elliott. It's a wide open. Uh, yep. It can be a wide open race. Uh, you know, it just like I said, whoever strategy falls the best and can can put themselves, uh, you know, in position uh, to, up front to to win uh, there at the end. I, I like you know the same usual suspects will be will be there and be good. Uh, Kyle Busch. Uh, uh, will will be tough there. He, he always is. I think uh, I think you'll see uh, uh, Martin Truex uh, there as well. He'll be pretty good. But uh, you know uh, you can always uh, you know these guys are getting pretty good now at uh, at, at the road racing stuff. It used to be several years ago on they, they would they would employ a lot of what they call road race ringers. You don't see that as much as anymore because these guys have become very proficient at road racing and uh, and they and do a great job. I think Logano uh, will be good there as well. But uh, I you know it's 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 tough to pick uh, to pick a winner. And if I had to, I'd say maybe um, you know Kyle Busch. All right. So now. S- all right. Good. So Seth, who do you like for Watkins Glen? Well, in recent years, Watkins Glen has had a history of at least first-time winners, if not uh, first-time winners for that season. So, um, honestly, I'm going to go with the guy with the new crew chief, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, Richard? Jerry Logano. Jerry Logano, okay. And I'm going to go with Clint Boyer. Um, that, that guy, he needs to win this year. Um, he's on the chase bubble and he's, uh, the guy gets around the road course pretty well. So, uh, Clint Boyer for me. Um, and we're out of time guys. So, uh, I want to thank uh, the Hoobsie Radio Network. I want to thank iHeartRadio and Spreaker. I want to thank all you folks that uh, tune in. I want to thank you, Seth, Gray, and Richard. Uh, we'll talk to you all again next week. Until then, good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.